Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. At our church, we have people repeat a prayer who want to place their faith in Christ. Jesus did all the hard part. He did everything but pray your prayer. I'm going to ask you just to pray with me right now. Just say these words with me. You can say those words every day for the rest of your life and die and be separated from God. The scripture does not say that Jesus Christ came to the nation of Israel and said that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, who would like to ask me into their heart? It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We're going to the New Testament for Final Jeopardy today. Everything hinges on this clue. Dun, dun, dun. This is Wretched Radio, the Biff heard around the world. And I'm not talking about the antagonist in Back to the Future. The new Jeopardy host. Apparently, he used to be a contestant. Now he's the host. Splitting duties. Yes, I Googled this. Splitting duties with Maim Bialik. So it's a very special edition of Jeopardy every time she's on. Because <laughs> on a very special blossom, he asked the contestants, final Jeopardy, a New Testament question. See if you can discover the problemo. Paul's letter to them is the New Testament epistle with the most Old Testament quotations. 30 seconds. Good luck. This thing is interminable. This is 2022, man. I don't have the time to just sit and wait for these people to write their little answer down. What New Testament epistle from Paul has the most Old Testament quotations? You got it? Jeopardy didn't. Uh-oh. We begin with Amy Schneider on the end. Not out of this yet, depending on how Andrew and Sam wager. What was her response? She's out of it. Who are the Hebrews? Yes, Jewish followers of Christianity. So, of course, Paul quoted the Old Testament. Well, well, well. Not every scout. Most scholars don't agree with <laughs> the book of Hebrews. This is why we determined, because, well, we have the power to do such things. We determined years ago here on this wretched radio program, the author of the book of Hebrews is Bob. Then we're just done with saying things like, well, we think it was the Apostle Paul, but we're not exactly sure. It could have been Apollos, but we don't know. Bob, Bob wrote it. Jeopardy didn't get it right. In fact, um, neither did the other contestants. You will add $1,000. You have 3400 Andrew, he narrowly in second place after a big daily double and comeback. His response, did he know it was the Hebrews? Philippians, no. So you're going to lose just 3,201. Man, just 3,200. That can almost buy you a dozen eggs these days. <laughs> almost. Not Seriously, we had to pick up some eggs. We had some leftovers. So we're thinking, let's just do the eggs and the toast and, you know, the routine at night, breakfast at night. We didn't have any eggs. Stopped at the Publix. I'm not going to mention names. It was five and a half dollars for a dozen eggs. I just don't know that we all realized what building back better meant. Actually, I think we probably did. Jeopardy, congratulations, but maybe just stick to whatever it is that you do and maybe stay away from the Bible. Which book is the most often quoting is most often quoting the Old Testament? The answer is, I don't know. <laughs> if I had to guess, I might say Galatians. Just because, well, 
Yeah, I would go with Galatians. I'd have to count them up. Well, there's something you could do with your Bible study, which is precisely what I would like to encourage you to do if you're feeling blue. As we enter into the holidays, it's supposed to be holly jolly, but let's be honest, a lot of people are struggling. Life is hard. Sin is real. Pain, especially when it's family pain. Woo, there's no pain quite like that, is there? And you are getting ready for Thanksgiving, and you're supposed to have a thankful heart, but you don't. Or perhaps you like, it appears, the majority of people these days are feeling depressed. It's a study after study, and it's grievous. Youth hospitalizations for suicidal thought rises 59% in the last five years. That's a lot of depressed kids. More than 37% of students experience poor mental health overall. 19.9, we'll call it 20% of youths, seriously consider attempting suicide. And 9% did attempt suicide. Nine, that, line up 10 kids at your church. One of them tried to commit suicide because of the pandemic. Because remember, this, this isn't death. Well, actually, it turns out, Governor Cuomo, it, it has caused a lot of death and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, and it's put a nation behind educationally for a couple of years. But it's not just the youth who are hurting. It's, I don't know anybody who just doesn't go through it. So how do you get past it? How do you get out of it? How do you find that balance of, yeah, okay, that's a bummer. My kids aren't going to be at the Christmas table this year. That's sad. But how do you still maintain joy, 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 joy down in your heart? Courtesy of the sermon I heard on Sunday, <laughs> our pastor wisely, in my opinion, chose a particular book in the New Testament, not written by Paul, but it is the persecution book. Do you know which one it is? That was a Jeopardy trick question. There's actually two. I think the book of Revelation is a book of persecution to give us hope. Hey, this is how things are going to get sorted. You're on the winning team. Jesus conquers. But the book of 1 Peter, the word suffering is used 15 times in this short epistle, 15 times in five chapters. That's because the focus of it is suffering during persecution in particular, but in general, as you go through various trials, they all look different. How do you have joy? Well, let's let First Peter tell us, shall we? It starts out with a Paul typical greeting to all of the people who are scattered all over the place, who, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. So there's the intro. Now the letter starts. How does Peter begin his letter to persecuted believers? Please note, we think this book was written 62, maybe 63, but persecution kicked into high gear in 64. Now, does that mean that Peter had no idea that this serious Nero persecution was coming? I think he had an idea. Furthermore, it's inspired by God. So how does he kick it off? 
And when people would write letters then, unlike most people who write articles these days, they don't bury the lead. They tell you, here's the big thing right here. Here it is. Are you ready? Verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is that? It's Well, it's a bit of a doxology. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. By the way, if you've ever pondered the question, could I sin in heaven? That just answered your question. No, because you're not in heaven based on anything that you do, done, gonna do. God keeps you in heaven. It's incorruptible. And that does not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That's Peter's kickoff. He praises God. Look now at the consequences. And if you are going through a blue season, this is the ticket. This is the key to unlocking your sorrow and having a correct perspective on it, which is what we really need, isn't it? Because you can do that. Something bad, difficult, horrible happens, and that's it. That that becomes the center of the universe. And Peter is going to tell us, no, don't. No matter how bad it gets, that, that the guy knocking on your door, the bill collector, the whatever it is, that is not the center of the universe. He is. And when we put something else in the center, you're just going to go down a black hole. You, you just, you'll just keep spiraling down. And that is not the remedy that Peter gives. In this, you greatly rejoice. Okay, so there it is right there. You greatly rejoice. You have exceeding rejoicing. Why? Because you're thinking about the salvation that was wrought by the Lord Jesus Christ. That is how you can actually have joy, even when things are downright crummy. Focus outside of self. Don't gaze internally. Don't gaze at those external circumstances. You do need to look outside of yourself, but not at the mess. Now, you got to deal with it. You got to plan. You got to be aware. Make sure that you're being as wise as possible. But if that's becoming the center of your thinking, You have to change it. Start thinking about what God did for you in Jesus Christ. And you will then have great rejoicing. And that's what he goes on to say. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though for a little while you've been grieved by various trials. It's going to prove the genuine nature of your faith. We know that it does that. Now, having that, we get to know Jesus' love. Although you do not see him yet, believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Got the holiday blues? The Bible has the solution. Focus on Jesus. How might you be able to do that in a fresh new way? Next on Wretched Radio. 
Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Master's Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. I could spend the next few seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio can be heard on over 800 radio stations or that the Wretched Radio podcast has had over 5 million downloads in the last year. Instead, I'll let you share things with more eternal value. The Lord has used his ministry to preserve me from false teaching as well as giving me a greater love for Jesus Christ and the truth. There is nothing more valuable than one person dead in their sin becoming alive life in Christ. And we are truly humbled and grateful God uses knuckleheads like us, but we can't do it without your help. Would you consider and pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church? You can get all of the details you could ever need or desire on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at Tomorrow Clubs org slash wretched important dates in Christian history 1273 Thomas Aquinas completes work on summer theologica the theological masterpiece of the Middle Ages Aquinas synthesized faith and reason incorporating Aristotelian philosophy into his work and provided a theological framework for Catholic doctrine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, somebody watches Jeopardy. Sam Buttry was in the lead with $14,800. Are we going to see Hebrews? Oh, he wrote the Romans. And so did Jimmy. This is Wretched Radio. Well, the, the Romans is a good choice for which book written by Paul had the most Old Testament quotes because it's long. Well, that's true. Why it could have been 1 Corinthians. It could have been. That's just as about the same length, give or take. So it could have been. 
We don't know. So if you're looking for a way to study your Bible, here you go. You know that little column in the middle of, of the two columns that where the, the actual biblical text is? Yeah, that super fine print. You need a flashlight. You'll probably need some cheaters. Start looking through as you are reading. Just have your eye glance back and read a verse. Have your eyes glance over there. And if you see an Old Testament verse, go look it up. Now, if you are struggling right now because you're in a funk, I'm telling you, that will help to get you out of your current emotional malaise because you are you're diving into the most important thing. It's not like you're distracting yourself with knitting, with playing racquetball, whatever. It, that's fine. But if you really want to have your, your thinking in alignment with reality, you got to dive into the word. And you say, I don't feel like it. And that is why I think it's important that you find a way to start feeling like it. Because as soon as you start reading it, increasingly you'll feel like it. That is, you say, that's circular. I say that's biblical. We have means of growth available to us to help us, whatever our trial is, whatever our heartache is, there is a way to see through it. Now, that doesn't mean all the tears disappear, but it does mean that if you turn your gaze outside of your circumstances onto Jesus, you will begin to recover. And you could do that by doing something as what sounds probably dorky to a lot of people. What do you mean looking at all the Old Testament verses? Yeah, and because what you're going to do then is dive into your Bible, and then you're going to have to go, wait a second. Um, okay, that's in Hezekiah. Where is that in the Old Testament? And the answer is it's not, and that's my point. So what you're going to do is go to the front of your Bible, and you're going to go, okay, I'm going to have to re-memorize this because I don't want to look dorky scratching around looking for an Old Testament book, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and you start memorizing the Bible. And what are you doing? You're just pulling yourself out of yourself, and you're thinking about the best thing. Find a way to get engaged with the Bible. Here's another way that you can do it. I recommend this all the time. This is an exercise that I think is of value to every Christian, especially new believers. Grab yourself a MacArthur Study Bible and start reading one book at a time in any order at your own pace, but read every single footnote as you go. Every single one. And you are going to discover that your brain stops focusing on the situation and starts focusing on him. And what happens? Your thoughts get transformed. Reality becomes understandable because increasingly you're getting the mind of Christ. I double dog dare you to do that. Just go ahead. You bury yourself in reading every single footnote as you go, and you are going to find yourself going, what was I bummed about again? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, right, 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 right. The dog got run over. Actually, I almost saw a cat got run over today. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you almost run over? <laughs> well, I didn't accelerate okay. as much as I could have, but I did. It was like, whoa, kitty, you almost got taken. Some guy just blasting through the lights. You know, I have to confess, I have a sympathetic heart for people in Atlanta who speed because you get so frustrated waiting and waiting and waiting. On the way to church on Sunday, I took such a beating. I missed 
so many lights and you sit and you languish. And unlike in other foreign countries, we actually wait for the light to change. They don't they don't esteem those little rules as much as we do. So I understand when somebody's like, mm, you got a lead foot, you got to control it. Of course, this guy didn't big old pickup truck and that cat, <laughs> he like had to pull his his tail out of the way. It was that close. Start reading your New Testament and every single verse as you go. Read the footnotes. Watch. It's going to happen. You will stop thinking about your dead pet. And that is a good thing. I'm not saying forget that it didn't happen. Place some mind over matter. I'm saying we need our brains transformed. We need to have a renewed mind. And the way to do that is by finding a way that works for you. So now, here's another way that you could find yourself engaged in the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 1. It talks about being thankful. Think about what God did for you, and you're going to rejoice with exceeding joy. That's the promise. So you say, I've tried that. I would say then you need to try more. Or maybe even try harder or try longer. But it works. In this, you greatly rejoice even when everything is falling down. So you want to go, okay, so uh, give thanks, greatly rejoice, thank people. Hey, I know what I'll do. I'll go looking through the rest of the New Testament and I'm going to read the beginning of all of the other epistles. And let's see how Paul begins those things. So he, you take a look at, let's say, um, first, uh, no, Colossians is the, you know, some radio programs would actually prepare in advance. <laughs> a waste of time. This is Colossians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. You see the pattern? Same, same pattern as Peter. I'm writing to you. And this, or, uh, this, is the, this is the author, and these are the people that are hanging with me right now. We are writing this to you, to the saints, in a particular location. And then a salutation. Grace to you. Hmm, that's catchy. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, it's another praise. It's another doxology. What is he doing? He's starting out his letter by orienting our minds around the most important thing that we've got everything in the world to be thankful for and to praise him for. Let's do Philippians chapter one. And you can then read the whole chapter. Then read, read the first chapter of every New Testament book and see what similarities you find. Grab yourself a little K. Arthur pencil and mark it up in color if you want to. And go, oh, look at the pattern here. All right, so here's Philippians. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. <laughs> look at the pattern. He's so constant. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, verse 3 again. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. It's thanksgiving. He's giving thanks to God. How can you do that when you feel like you are breathing swamp water? By focusing on him, by getting into his word, and by 
turning your eyes upon Jesus, looking long in his wonderful face, then the things of this world, they'll grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So read the first chapter of every New Testament book. How else could you read the Bible? Go to your concordance and find a word that is of interest to you. All right, you've got a prodigal child. Well, let's just do that, shall we? So you've got a prodigal child. Now, this is not a full-blown strongest, strongest, strong, strong, strongest, strong's concordance, but I'm just going to look up the word prodigal. There may not be a ton in here. In fact, it may not even be in here at all because it's not the most robust concordance of all time. You've got procrastination. Okay, let's do procrastination. Nah, we'll do that another time. <laughs> oh, it's a procrastination joke right there. So you could go through, condemned by Christ, Luke 6. This is procrastinate. Saints avoid, to be avoided in. Oh, wish I could read that. Seeking God, Isaiah 55, 6. That all has to do with procrastination. If you're a procrastinator, go study the word procrastination. Go read all of those verses. And then when you get to that destination where it's like, okay, the concordance is telling me to go there, then look at those little verses again on, in the bar typically in between the two columns of text and go scrambling around looking for all of those verses. And you will find yourself then on a great adventure and you'll be engaged because it is a subject that is of interest to you. The moral to the story, if you want to be like Paul, who in the book of Philippians, it's the happy letter written from prison. How does he begin Philippians? I thank my God and Father. He focuses on what he does have, not what he doesn't have. He focuses on what has been done for him, which is so much more magnificent then a fill in the blank, whatever you're going through, and I'm not trying to minimize it, but by comparison, you have so much more, and that will grow a heart of gratitude from which you will greatly rejoice. The ball is in your court. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. So for me, gender is complicated because I would rather not be associated with it to the point where I would rather not be a human or even an animal. I would like to be an inanimate object. You would rather be an inanimate object, yet you're talking on a video about stuff. That's not what inanimate objects do. So apparently things have gotten so bad at Woke Disney World that they have ousted their CEO, you knew that wasn't going to take very long. They've ousted Bob Chappick, and they're bringing back Robert Iger, the former CEO, to try to turn this ship back around. But I'm going to say maybe it's likely too far gone unless there is a complete culture change at Disney World. People have spoken. They do not like woke, and they do not want their kids brainwashed. While there's a lot of turmoil going on in this country, media outlets like Wired still find the time to produce hard-hitting articles like why the emoji skin tone you choose matters. That's from Wired's spiritual advice columnist. Thank you, because that's exactly the type of information we needed. 
So a mom recently went to a school board meeting, and I'm not going to play the video, though it's available, because it's a little too sexual, and it was a little too sexual for the school board as well, because this mom read a pornographic book available at her kid's school to the school board. They got upset, saying, quote, there's a child in our boardroom, so I'd like for you to stop reading that, please. But it's available for children in the school library. Hmm. And another school district in Maryland has recommended a book list that would teach kids as young as four terms like intersex and drag queen and be read aloud in class. That's right. This comes from Maryland's richest school district as they introduce books to children as young as four that's teaching them all sorts of sexual things. In a book list released by the Montgomery County, Maryland Board of Education, they called books about sex toys enlightening books about transgender children, highly recommended, and books promoting American values, well, we'll just pass on those. That doesn't sound like a school district anyone needs to have their children in. More Ratchet Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called our sanctuary. Through Christ, we find refuge from God's justice and find a safe haven where we can enter into the presence of the Holy God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Looks like I might have to take some of my own medicine. I am so bummed out. This is Wretched Radio. Jim, are, are you okay? I'm trying. Jim, breathing exercises. Jimmy was right. Yeah, say that again. It looks like it was was the book of Romans. Yeah. Apparently, that has the most Old Testament quotations cited. And this is yet one more reason we do not unhitch the left side of our book, because it proves that it is actually the Word of God. We're working on a video right now for social media, the top 10 best Christian movies of all time. That's, it's nice that we can even find 10 that are commendable. And we did. And then we went to pick out the scenes that were the best. Okay, so spoiler alert, one of the top 10 is the Gospel of John. If you've never seen this video, it's long. It is a verbatim and it's word for word, redundantly enough portrayal of the Gospel of John. I think it's the NIV translation, but at least it's the, not today's NIV translation, and it's word for word. And I was going through it to try to sort out, okay, what would be the highlight here? Oh, that's that's good. Oh, that one's good. Oh, whoa, that one is good. And I was reminded again, John chapter 5, all the way through chapter 10, We see Jesus really in action. He is in the streets. He is debating things. He is reasoning with people from the scriptures, telling them you should know this stuff. Remember what he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3? You should, teacher of Israel? Seriously? And you don't know that you should be born again? How did you miss that? Because it talked about it in the left side of the book. And then he uses the left side of the book to demonstrate his deity over and over again. How? 
before Abraham was, I am. You don't know who Abraham was? Clueless. If you don't know I am, which is God's proper name for himself, you don't know that Jesus was clearly stating, yeah, I'm, I'm here, God in flesh. I am. And he did it with bread. I am the bread of life. Where did that come from? It came from the Old Testament. God provided food for the children in the wilderness. Jesus basically said, that's me. That was a little picture of me. That God had to provide your sustenance to live physically. I provide what you need totally to live spiritually. And by the way, admission. This might not be the ideal text that explains why so many people seem to be attracted to socialism and even communism. Numbers chapter 11. If you recall, the Jewish people, they're wandering around and they're not happy from the jump. I mean, they're not happy immediately. You see it in Exodus 15, chapter 16, chapter 7. We don't have this. We don't have that. Well, in Numbers chapter 11, things are kind of coming to a head again. And we see the Jewish people going, um, we're really miserable here. And what did they say? Do you remember? We don't, we've got to keep eating this manna day after day after day. They were bored with it. So what did they say? We want to go, at least in Egypt, we had leeks and onions and garlic. Let's see, here it is. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them. Once again, careful about calling down fire. Don't be looking to play with fire biblically because it's always about judgment, always. It also can mean what happens when you run, rub two sticks together really fast. That's a fire. As far as like being on fire or feeling the fire of the spirit, you just don't see that. It's always judgment, judgment, judgment. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses. Moses prayed to the Lord. The fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place. Now verse 4. Now the mixed multitude who were among the yielded, among them yielded to intense craving. So they wept again and said, who will give us the meat to eat? We remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt. Oh, what do you mean they ate it freely? Does that mean it cost anything? Was that provided for them? They just could live off of the land, perhaps? We remember the fish in Egypt, you know, when we were having to make bricks without straw. And we had cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There's nothing at all except the manna before our eyes. Could it be that that is a pretty good example of why so many people like to have the government provide for them? We'd rather lose the liberty of going into the promised land of not being in bondage, not being shackled, not being whipped, not being used as forced labor. But if you give us stuff, we'll, we're okay with that. Now, I don't know that you can use the text for that, but I, I think I just did. <laughs> Make sure that when you are, you're in funky town, here's how you, here's how you can engage yourself in Bible. 
I just said Numbers 11 might be an example of socialism, that people just, they like it. I always think about Ukraine, where our brother, I got to tell you, there's a move of God going on in Ukraine. I'm just telling you, there's something going on there. Master's Academy, they've got so many churches over there that they've established. Master's Academy, it's our great, you know, we're partnering with them to send the MacArthur Study Bibles to the Philippines. They train indigenous pastors. And they have been cranking them out in Ukraine. It might be as long as 20 years of faithfulness there. It's an amazing ministry. You can learn more at wretched.org slash pastor. Tomorrow Clubs, they're rocking there like nobody's business still, even though they're in danger. They're still trying to meet with the kids to teach them the gospel and love on them. You can learn more about the Tomorrow Clubs at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched because it's a great evangelistic ministry. But in Ukraine, there is a division and mindset of people from the East and the West. If you meet somebody on the East side of Ukraine, it tended to be more Russian. It tended to be more communist. The West broke free earlier and they embraced capitalism more. And so you will hear a difference. I, this, I, this is so vivid to me. When I was over there 20 years ago, something like that, I had two people who accompanied us, our little team, to go out in the streets, to visit the villages, and to translate for us. One was a girl from Eastern Europe. The other was a boy from Western, or from Eastern Ukraine, and then the boy was from Western Ukraine. It was Max. And at the table, they were arguing about the benefits of capitalism and communism. Liter- she, she was actually arguing for it. For it! I said, I'm curious why. She said, well, at least my parents had health care. At least they were, it wasn't good health care, but they had it. And that made her feel stable. She was willing to give up freedom and liberty for the sake of security. That's why liberty is such a dangerous thing. And by the way, it's not just true for a nation. It's also true in your walk that liberty can be used for licentiousness that liberty can be used to wander away and disobey. So liberty is something that must be delicately handled. And I think, not sure, Numbers 11 might be our first instance of people wanting communism over capitalism. Jimmy, do I need to repent for this, by the way? I I, I don't think so. I think it shows the heart of human beings. Yeah, And we are seeing that so much these days, aren't we? Now, remember, these people that we're reading about here in Numbers chapter 11, their hearts were far away from God. These were people that agitated him uh, a lot. They didn't even get to enter into the promised land. They're grumbling and they're complaining in their faithlessness, despite the miracles that they had witnessed, faithlessness. And what was their response then to a little bit of difficulty? Put us back under bondage. Just fill up our stomachs with tasty things. And then we're happy. That, to me, I think is a great illustration of people today. Give up. Fine. We'll give up. Fine. We'll give up our liberties for the sake of safety, which is why you get to be x-rayed from top to bottom in the airport. Because (laughs) we just wanted to be safe. And we gave up liberty. And people today, they want to make sure that they just have enough stuff. So where do they look? 
They don't look to the difficulties that liberty brings because it can be a challenge and it can be scary. So they will look to the government in order to have their needs satisfied. So self-interest is what motivates a desire to be taken care of. Liberty, on the other hand, says, nope, you're free. Going to be a challenge. It's going to be more difficult, but it's going to be better for you. You know, that would be a good lesson for the kids to be learning these days in the government schools. Wouldn't it? This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Americans saved an average of 24% during Black Friday 2021. Except those who shopped at wretched.org because they saved 50%. And this year, we're going to be better than average again. During the 2022 Wretched Black Friday sale, you're going to save 50% again on Wretched products. Plus, yep, there's a plus. If you spend $50 or more, you'll get free shipping and a copy of Transformed Season 1. While supplies last, of course. Oh, and this sale isn't just for Black Friday. It just kicks off on Black Friday and will last through year's end. So I probably should not call it a Black Friday sale. What about the wretched better than average sale or the wretched 50-50 sale? However you want to label it, just know you're going to save more money than the average American and get some free stuff too. Don't miss out. It's kicking off on Black Friday in the Wretched store at wretched.org. That's wretched.org. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Attributes of God. Psalm 115 verse 3 says that God does all that he pleases. God is sovereign over his whole creation. He has the right and the power 
to govern all things according to His will. Nothing occurs in your life that God, in His sovereignty, has not allowed. He is working all things for His glory and the good of those who love Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. At two, Pastor. This is Wretched Radio. Pastors do not appear to be immune from the unique challenges of 2022. It appears, just like everybody else, they're hurting George Barna doing what he does. A survey, because apparently Lifeway was already booked. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be doing that. This is a George Barna survey asking pastors, have you thought about quitting within the last year? 39% said, yeah. 30, 39%. That's four out of 10. That means your pastor could be pondering saying, bye, I'm done. I can't do this no more. And you and I would do well, I think, to do at least two things. Number one, do you have a relationship with your pastor? Or if you don't, because of the dynamic of the church, how do you check on the well-being of your pastor? How do you do that? I don't know. Do that. You, you figure it out in the context of your local church. How can you discover if your pastor is feeling the blues because of the weirdness that is going on still in the world? And they are they're leaving the pulpits in droves. And a lot of them are just plain thinking about it. Second thing we can do is discover why. What is it that's causing such distress? Because if those issues are causing pressures that might be pushing them out of the pulpit, then maybe we got to watch ourselves. Then maybe we got to be careful about this stuff. Here's the George Barna survey. 39% said, yep, thought about quitting full-time ministry. Oofta. Feeling, quote, the immense stress of the job. Is a pastor under stress? Yes. Is a pastor ever going to not be under stress? No. That's that is that is the that is the profession, if you will, that you've chosen. It's going to be stressful. But are we adding to it? Are we assuming, hey, hello, we pay him. So, yeah, he's supposed to do that. Hold on. Are, 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 are we letting our pastor pastor us in that he teaches and equips us to do the work of the church? He's not the worker of the church. He's the one who teaches us how to work inside of the church, which incidentally, if you're going through the holiday blues, I would encourage you to start plugging into your local church. Start serving others. What are you doing when you serve others? Again, you're taking your eyes off of self and circumstances. You're, 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 you're thinking about others. And you're acting like Jesus Christ, who didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. So that will help. That's one of the things. Thanksgiving, by studying the word of God, you will greatly rejoice. Serve other people. Delight in the fellowship of fellow believers. On, let's see, was this two Sunday, three Sundays in a row now? We've gone out after church with people we've seen. We know we it's all friendly chit-chat, but we actually went out and had a meal. Kookiest thing happens, we sit there for three hours. Well, why, why? Because we're just enjoying the fellowship of other believers. Now, on Sunday, it was with two people that we hadn't met before. They, they, these were people who go to a different church, and we met them to go out. 
did it take an hour to kind of warm up? No. Boom. Instant. Why? Because that's what happens when Christians get together, especially when Christians get together to talk about their Christ. It will feed you. It will help you. So if you're neglecting these means of growth, please get on it. It will help you to rejoice with exceeding joy. Back to our pastors. 43% of pastors thinking of abandoning full-time ministry reported feeling lonely and isolated. All right. Could that be my pastor? You say, well, no, he's got six kids. He's crazy, but got... Pastors sometimes find it difficult to confide in people because that sort of confidentiality is easily broken and they're disclosures of what is going on in the church in their life that spreads like wildfire. And he's supposed to always have it together. Absolutely he is. And you know what? He should be ahead of us spiritually. I I, I just think you should be. Nevertheless, because you, you, you you shouldn't be a new believer. You should be somebody who has demonstrated that you have the characteristics, the qualifications for a pastor. But he's going to struggle, too. But if he shares those struggles with somebody and that somebody just, hey, look, don't tell anybody, but pastors really got it rough right now. Apparently, the missus, you know how she runs the choir, don't you? Well, he's, yeah, so we got to be praying for the pastor. Oh, there it is. (laughs) I'm just sharing this because I'm concerned. Mm, If you're concerned, go help the pastor. (laughs) Don't talk about the pastor. So. They feel lonely, isolated, and they're surrounded by people a lot. Are you loving on your pastor? Does he feel like he's a part of the church itself, not just managing it, hovering over it, but actually a part of it? He needs that fellowship, too. 38%, oh, this is fascinating, pointed to current political divisions as a factor leading them to consider a career change. Hmm, what's the implication? Let me read the headline from Christian Post. Many pastors say Christians are more loyal to their political party than to the faith. We got to watch that. These, this, is a, this is trickier than ever because I can imagine, for instance, let's just, we're, 19, we're 1960, would it be one? I think they, the, it's Nixon and Kennedy they're running. I think it was he was he 62 was that when the election was okay early 60s and they're running and somebody near church thinks about they're going to vote for JFK. I think that you could probably go I don't think that's the wisest. I I I think I think the other fellows got it more together conservative more biblical alignment. But I think then you could have a di- disagreement and not have separation these days. Look, I I think we got to come to terms with this. When, when there's somebody who is endorsing a party that is downright evil, that's a problem. Now, you're not going to find that particular issue in the Bible other than all the problems, but that is somebody who really needs to be educated quickly about these issues. Do you boot them out of the door instantly? No, unless, of course, they're becoming factious, but... If they're just if they're willing to learn and grow cool, sweet, but if you've got people inside of your church that are endorsing a party that endorses absolute evil, I don't know 
how much more barbaric we can become as a society because we look so sophisticated and everything is done behind shutters. So we just don't see the problems. We're mutilating children. We're murdering babies. And a, an individual is supporting that party. Something is very wrong. Having said that, there is another side of this that appears to be a problem for pastors. They say that liberals aren't as connected to their politics. Um, that's what the survey said, and it's George Barna, so it must be true. But those who are conservative, they're the ones that the pastors are saying, yeah, they kind of like their politics more than they do their savior. They're more into that. They're more passionate about that. When asked if the church was too aligned with Christian nationalism, 39% of mainline pastors said yes. Now, that's dicey because nobody even agrees on what Christian nationalism is. And I think, I think it's fair to say, Jimmy, I am so conservative. How conservative are you? Ronald Reagan was a communist, in my opinion. <laughs> that's very conservative. Yeah. So I'm, I'm plenty conservative, but if, if our conservatism is causing a difficulty for the pastor, no, I get it. There can be, you know, maybe the pastor and maybe he needs to understand something better too. But if you're coming at him with the politics, with the politics, with the politics, you might want to think about dialing it back. Non-mainline non Protestants reported that debates about racial justice issues have made it harder for them to lead 16%. 29% of mainline pastors and 19% of non-mainline pastors maintain the church is too aligned with political conservatism. Now, I don't think you can be. Because <laughs> we should be conservatives. Because we're, you know, Christians. But I think there might be something else afoot here. That, that the pastor is always hearing from his parishioners about politics or the debates. Or when he gets together, meets with them in the hall. Hey, how are you doing? Well, I don't know if you saw, but the Gateway Pundit says that we've finally got enough evidence to deal with the voting fraud that's going on in Arizona. Okay, that's a conversation that can certainly be had if you like to. But if that's what he's hearing a lot from a lot of us, he's feeling a squeeze and he's concerned about us. That is worth our attention, isn't it? That if my pastor is concerned that too many people in the congregation are more committed to the red party than they are to the one who bled red for us, then we got to take stock and take note of that. And maybe just ask ourselves, uh-oh, are my priorities a little out of whack? Get that sorted and then help your pastor because these days he's needing it. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.